Hello everyone, Ryan Bailey here bringing you episode number 25 of the Ball Talk podcast. This is of course, this podcast is brought to you by Adapt Athletic Performance and Therapy. If you head over to Instagram, give them a follow. You search at Adapt underscore clinic, hit that follow button, it will be greatly appreciated. It's yet another comedian on the podcast this week. This time it's Fred Cook. Here we chat about Fred's funniest moments in his career so far, working with the likes of Republic Italian, and of course, we all know him from the Spar ad as well back in the day, as well as his plans for the future. I hope you enjoy, and we'll get straight into the podcast. So, I'm nearly sure this is episode 25. It's been a week or so since I've had one up, but today I'm joined by Fred Cook. Fred, thanks a lot for joining me on the podcast. So, I'm absolutely delighted to finally get on your podcast. Big yeah, fan. It's been, it's been a long time in the pipeline now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd swear, you'd swear I was busy. <laughs> you'd, swear, you'd swear I wasn't in lockdown. <laughs> uh, no, it was great for, um, uh, thanks to Stephen Kelly as well for, for getting us in touch as well. Um, of course, we had that podcast there. It's probably about two months ago now with the, the three books left. We've got crap. Yeah, yeah. Um, Fred, lockdown is over. As you said to me there last week, gigging is staring up again soon and you're in Castlebar soon. I can only imagine you're very excited for that. I can't wait. And I really can't wait. I just love the TF. Uh, I love that room. Uh, do you know, I, funny, 12 years ago, uh, I went to see a Nady's legend and he's still going called Nick Kershaw. I don't know if you ever heard of him. And he was playing in Castlebar and uh, in the same room. And uh, I was kind of chuffing myself like 10 years later, being last year, to find myself in the same room. Uh, you know, it's his 80s legends, you know, so because uh, I know like the TF gets the big names, and uh, so it's I just and I love uh, I just you know, like the, the Hardy Book lads as well. I remember after the uh, after the gig I did in Castlebar a few months ago, the <laughs> last September I actually did it, and uh, I went to the Irish bar, I went to the, that, the pub there in Castlebar, and I put in my phone the Irish bar to walk to it on Google Maps. And Google Maps said to me, it said, This pub will be closed by the time you arrive. And I was like, you haven't a clue, Google Maps, how this country works. <laughs> it's like this English accent telling me that the pub's going to be closed. So I was like, what planet are you on? So, but you know, it's lovely. And uh, I think with this tour as well, I want to kind of embrace the land a bit more. I'm, I'm always trying to convince Pete and, and Stephen and, and, uh, and Collie to, to climb uh, Croke Patrick. And I'm forever seeing them do it, do you know? Like, so I'm kind of, uh, I've got my heart set at this time, even if it is getting a bit cold. Definitely, yeah. Um, and of course, the gigs themselves. So you're not only a comedian and an actor, you're from, from your Instagram now, I see you're fond of music as well. You can pick up any sort of an intro, instrument. Do you bring that into the gigs too? Or is it just... All the time. Yeah, yeah. I'm like Bill Bailey. That uh, <laughs> I'm like Bill Bailey without uh, the numbers. But uh, I, like that's it. I, I, go, I go from the piano to the guitar, the stories. Yeah. So uh, it's keeping it going. And I've, I've got loads of songs this year, you know, uh, uh, songs about lockdown itself and uh, uh, just uh, I can't wait loads of that's what I do is musical comedy like so it's uh, yeah a certain extent and we're going to get on to the musical comedy side of things in Republic Telly as well mm. uh, in a while but just before we go on to that of course lockdown um, for some people some people have kind of uh, benefited from it like I know myself yeah. I wouldn't have this podcast if it wasn't for lockdown because that's when yeah. it's but I'm sure for yourself, and I spoke to other comedians about it too, um, you've been able to get new material, have time to 
think of new things and as you said yeah. new songs and stuff as well well that's the thing like I'm always writing jokes I'm always putting stuff on my phone and uh, will you benefit which is uh, from this uh, brilliant podcast for me I, I probably started putting more stuff up on social media just you know just to channel uh, comedy some other way and I think because I know like uh, the Hardy Box lads were you know years ahead of me on this they were putting up stuff years ago like so I'm only getting my head around it now in the last few months so yeah. uh, but uh, but definitely it is it's uh, it's I didn't expect to be locked down for so long. Do you know, I can like last last March, uh, when uh, probably the 18th of March, uh, I'm in Kerry at the moment and we're still here in a nice place called Brandon. So we're kind of, we're halfway up a mountain and I would look at you if you've got Wi-Fi in the car. <laughs> and but, uh, so it's just, just adjusting, you know, yourself like that's, that's what it was. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so as I said, Republic, Republic of Telly, um, for myself, growing up, I suppose, down 20 now, so Republic of Telly would be the stuff that, you know, yeah. didn't want you watching, but you still got bits and pieces of it anyways. Um, not to do any bit of badness in it either, but um, it was something that, it's something that myself and Tom O'Mahony spoke about only a few weeks ago. Yeah. Maybe we're missing on the telly now because, okay, social media, it's a lot of comedy on social media. Even you said yourself, the likes of yourself, the three bucks left, guys like yeah. Brett Casey as well are really taking advantage of social media. But do you think there's a, there is a place for the Republic of Telly, that style of show now and on? Yeah, absolutely. I don't think they should have got rid of it. Uh, I think because uh, it was doing well. And I, what, maybe, you know, every, every, like if you're doing that well, it was doing amazing, Republic of Telly. It was the thing everyone was watching. I was very lucky with that wave. I think I kind of came in on the waves of <laughs> rubber banded success. Do you know what I mean? Like I was doing jokes around that yeah. on Republic of Telly. But that's when everyone started watching it. Uh, and then you know it kind of changed. You know what I mean? And every every t- every TV program struggles if you're that popular. Do you know what I mean? And I think uh, like even Saturday Night Live uh, struggles. It's hard to believe, but the thing with Saturday Night Live is don't change the title, change the format. You know, yeah. like keep it fresh that way. But always just keep the title. So uh, and they did change it up a bit. But look, that's what they wanted to do. And uh, I guess it kind of it looks like on the face of it that. Uh, they replace it with the Tommy Tiernan show, mm. even though that was, uh, well, I think it was looking like that. So I kind of kept my head low <laughs> and told no one anything. <laughs> so how terrible it was that Republican telly's gone. But uh, it is, I do miss it. I miss it for the crack of it. Uh, it'd be very hard nowadays. I know, uh, I think I said it to Mark Maloney, and it's not even out of ego or it's not even out of finance, but it'd be very hard to get all those people today you know, you're looking at uh, you're looking at the Hardy Bucks there. You look at the Rubber Bandits. Uh, you know, you look at like Damon, Damo and Ivor. Some of them aren't even doing. Uh, it's not that they're not doing anything anymore. They're just like they're they're not. There's no social media presence. So it's just like that. It's it's a lovely moment in time, and uh, thankfully, it's aged very well because ninety percent of comedy ages. Like you know, especially especially over the last few years. You know what I mean? Like when uh, like the meat. The Me Too, Me Too era, and like people have to be accountable to stuff, which is understandable. I think Republic of Telly has aged very well. Do you know, it was simple, it was nice, and there were good jokes. So yeah, and even as you said there, it'd be hard to get everyone together. But even yeah. as you said, the format, like in essence, well, from from watching any, it, it was it was like an academy sort of of these comedians, actors, and musicians coming through. The likes yeah. of and Kevin McGahern that have gone. Yeah. You know, yeah better things like even on telly then you're like geez this is where these fellas came from and even if those yeah. wave of young Irish comedians come through and that's be their platform again but you know maybe 
uh, uh, you're making a great point there that I never thought about myself because like when you look at those uh, acts, we had Republican Telly, like that was our thing and it was, it was a platform and uh, we were so lucky to get it because if you put in Irish comedy now on YouTube, you know, you get these, uh, every pub ever, every in Ireland ever, every funeral ever, you know, that was the, that was the, the what it looks like the peak of the time for Republican Telly, you know what I mean? We were just, they were getting it right. Now, uh, so like, look at comedians today, maybe they don't have that platform. They don't, you know, and that's why they're more dependent on, on social media. Now there is like, you know, like there's slight Bridget name and like, they did Orchie did an amazing job with Comic Relief, like just outstanding. So yeah. there is, and the, I guess maybe the irony about it is that when we were doing Republican Telly, I'd, I'd often have family friends saying to me, it's an awful pity you guys don't have Father Ted. <laughs> You know, because all the generation before us are all Father Ted associated. So, you know, it's, 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 all, it's you can only answer in hindsight, maybe. And uh, I think, uh, so, but I do feel, I do feel uh, that uh, something's coming in uh, RT again with comedy. Like they're just, uh, budget wise, we've always struggled with budget uh, in RT when it comes to comedy and, uh, even myself, like now, I wrote very little for the Republic of Italy. Like uh, I just kind of turned up and did <laughs> and pulled faces and did what I was told. And I was very lucky to be in that situation. Like I really did. Uh, the only thing I ever wrote for Republic of Italy that uh, I was kind of proud of, I did a few the 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 news when they go over to you live. Remember Dermot Whelan and they go over to the other side of the studio. I did a few of that, and uh, but I did Ireland the musical when I went around each county, each county of Ireland with a song. Yeah. And I wrote that with uh, Damien Clark and Martin Shields. I'm very proud of that. And it's, I'm lucky as well that it's catalogued on YouTube and, and the RTE player. And obviously, uh, it's the comedy, it hasn't aged through comedy, but it's definitely aged <laughs> through our faces. <laughs> you know, and uh, even look, you, you look at like the Roscommon, the Roscommon uh, scene that we did. We went to Roscommon and the song that we had was uh, Jammin' by Bob Marley. And yeah. the joke was, it kind of went, Roscommon, I hope you like Roscommon too. Roscommon, 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 and that's. But if you look in the background of the actual video, you can see uh, you can see a video shop. <laughs> it's so old. Do you know a place to get DVDs and videos? It's so. Uh, I, forget, I forget the name of Chartbusters. One of those places. So yeah. uh, so it's kind of visually aged a bit. But after that, you know, I was kind of blessed that I just I was asked to do stuff and I turned up. Mm. And I was going to ask you about that because, as as you were saying as well, the musical comedy sort of thing, um, mm. and the Ireland the musical tied in with that perfectly. Did you actually go around to every county in the country? Yeah, we did. We were around every single county. Yeah, we did the the first seventeen counties. We did we did ourselves off our own budget. That was the cameraman and the three people in the stuff. Now the cameraman was a uh, a cameraman in the Republic of Italy, Derek Dillon, the producer. So. Uh, and then one day we were doing a, a Republic Italia sketch. So I brought in what we had already on my laptops and I showed him the 17 counties. I showed it to the producer Shane Mulvey and he went, look, we'll finish this ourselves. And they gave us, they gave us uh, maybe a week to finish it. And we did, uh, but I'm telling you because the, the time span is probably a, a year and a half from when we did our first one to our last one. Do you know, because it was stopping and starting. Yeah. A lot of stopping and starting and you can actually see it. Like you can see uh, from, from Cork up to Derry, uh, uh, I develop wrinkles under a few seconds. You know what I mean? Like there's that age span. Slight, I get slightly older from county to county. So it was a real labor of love. I'm very proud of it. 
And uh, I was kind of hoping to do it again, uh, but the whole lockdown thing happened. So uh, we'll see what happens, you know, like. Yeah, it's a, brand, it's a brand new video. It's got a lot of views on YouTube as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's got, yeah, it's, got, it's like, it takes on a million or something like that. So yeah. it's, uh, uh, oh my God, yeah, when you look at, when you look at the, 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 like it still goes up. I mean, it's, God, I remember uh, like being in, like, because I, I have a certain amount of notoriety. Now, I don't have a massive amount of notoriety, a comfortable amount. And, uh, but, you know, I remember you go to Irish pubs in New York and, and like to be, like to be, to be the notice here from these Republic of Tally videos. It's incredible. Do you know what I mean? Like that, uh, it's, uh, the, the, it's the first time, you know what I mean, when, when stuff was going viral, you know, horse outside and all that. And I guess that's what we were looking for all the time. We were kind of, at times, uh, trying to create uh, another viral thing. And they got it with every best, every wedding ever, every funeral ever. So, yeah. so it was just striking it lucky. Like, it's a great, it's a great uh, pedestal and, and ancient to have the Republic of Tally because the RT player... There's so many people watching it anyway. Yeah, and even watching, even watching back now, like my brother is, uh, he'll be 15 this year, and he's yeah. starting to get into Hardy Books, and yeah. Telly, uh, even D1 Ivor and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. He's watching these different programs, and then he'll look at the um, things you things you could see in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. And it's yourself and Kevin McGarren stood at the bar, and he's like. That's Fred Cook, and that that's Sim Carey from Hardy Books. Yeah, yeah. It's you're they're seeing all these different fellows who have gone on to different things. Like it's brilliant yeah. to happen it in that way. Oh, it's class. Great memories, and uh, it was fun work. Do you know a lot of lot of hanging around, drinking coffees, and you know I'm a I'm a townie uh, from Kells, grew up in Kells. So all of a sudden, because <laughs> everyone. Uh, everyone was in those videos. Like I was hanging out with models for the day. <laughs> like, like Georgia Salta. I did a video with her. I did two videos with her. And uh, you know Nadine Coyle. Do you know what I mean? Like not not Nadine Coyle. Uh, the other Nadine. And uh, well, it was, uh, you know, so it was great fun. Uh, there was a lot of heart and a laugh. Do you know? Like I think with Kevin McGahern, uh, my relationship with him, and I think he feels it more from my side. But it's very much like school. It feels like we're mitching and getting away with it. And it's how much crack it can fill the silence with, you know, in the meantime. So that's yeah. what I think anyway. I don't know if he agrees. But, uh, so it was just a great laugh. Absolutely. You'd miss it. Do you know, well, but maybe I'm just harping on nostalgia. Well, there have been many takes in, in, uh, in recording. No, not, not for those. Not for the Republic of Telly sketches. Not for the, uh, the ones in the pub and stuff. Literally two takes. Because the jokes are so simple. Like yeah. a simple reveal. Like at one stage, I remember Declan Rooney. I'm like, have the drink, have the one, have the one. And then the next scene, he's on the floor. I mean, you know, like we didn't need, like we didn't need Spielberg to do that. We're very simple, very simple jokes. Yeah, uh, scenes and stuff like that as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're great with relevancy as well. That's the thing. That's the, that's the power of a comedy. I think obviously funny and orig original, but relevancy as well. Like that's, I know Chris Turdoff said to me, he says that when he's, he's writing sketches, that you kind of have to, uh, People take for granted how much you have to be watching stuff on Netflix to be, you know, entering the zeitgeist of what people are talking about. Because you kind of, that's what Republic Italy did. Even we did a, I did an awful funny sketch with, uh, uh, with Colgan there. It was one of my favorite looking back. And it was Irish fans now after the Euros. And we're still kind of in denial that the Euros are over. And we're putting on our Ireland tops and we're singing Ole <laughs> in the middle of the street. But yeah. it's over. Do you know what I mean? The whole thing's over. And it was, it was tragically beautiful. Like, and, but but it was kind of relevant as well, like you know what I mean, like because where where are the fa where are the fans now, like they've always managed to be like on the zeitgeist, Republic Italia.
Definitely, yeah. Um, so for me, growing up, my first memory of you on the telly was the spare ads. Yeah, yeah. And it just seemed like even seeing you, because I know you've been on, um, and we'll get to these as well, like Dance with the Stereo. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just, it seemed like the role suited you. Yeah, <laughs> it did. <laughs> that fellow working in spare, like, it was just brilliant. Lazy. Like, yeah, so, I'm lazy. That's 10, that's 10, 12 years ago now, is it? 11. I think it's 11 years, 2000, and, oh, what are we now? Yeah, 2000, 11 years ago. 2009 was the first ad. And uh, with, uh, with the cornflake box, turn it <laughs> upside down. Some of that one. And uh, it's only three seconds. But uh, when that ad came out, like, all of a sudden, I, I became an own face. Like, overnight. Do you know what I mean? And I'm not talking about massive fame. I'm talking about lads giving you cigarettes and coppers. Because <laughs> I recognize it. <laughs> that kind of shit. Do you know what I mean? And I've been a, I'm talking about lads coming up to you in Quinns at, a, at an All-Ireland you know, quarter-final or something like that, Leinster final. So yeah. all of a sudden, I was having massive crack. I was living with my mates, and I was getting recognised. Uh, the casting director said to me a few years later for those ads, Dar is his name. And I kind of had to laugh, because, because I was meant to do an ad for McDonald's, and I got the ad for McDonald's. But the same production company were doing the spar ad, and they were looking for a certain kind of face and character. So when the scene, because the same company, they put me onto the spa ad instead. And I turned up for the casting anyway. And uh, my agent uh, was saying, you know, pretty confident. I think you could have this already, Fred. Just turn up, show your face. And when I arrived in, this is what the, 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 the reason why I got the ads. Uh, uh, the casting director says that I look like someone who never done a day's work in his life. <laughs> I, I just... Slightly symbolic in my posture, like I'm lazy in my posture. Do you know what I mean? And I've no hand-eye coordination, you know. And it's, it's not even laziness; it's just more uh, 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 visually awkward. So, uh, so I was very lucky with that. You know, people talk about working hard to get stuff. I was just very lucky with that. Now, I, I did loads of other ads before that, so I was always turning up for castings. I was an ad for Tato. I was in an ad for whiskey. I was in an ad for. Uh, uh, Oh, Meteor was in a phone network at the time. So I was in a few of those ads. Right. So, you know, so it's just so, I think I kind of, I did my time as well and then I got those. So, very lucky. So, I was, I was going to say, um, was that, that Sparrow, was that the first real big, you know, the click that kind of got you into, got your foot in the door and going to other places? 100%. Yeah, yeah, it was. It gave me a... I didn't become a household name, but I, de I definitely became a household face <laughs> to the extent that people got annoyed looking at me. You know, <laughs> like uh, uh, it definitely was. And I was lucky in a way as well, the timing of it, because as I said, 2009, but I went full time in comedy 2008. So I was, I kind of want, uh, the clubs knew that I was a competent comedian, a good comedian. I could tell jokes and they could book me in. So I was Fred Cook, the comedian to industry. And a few people who would who'd come to see me in gigs, you look at the MySpace time, so who would come to see me gig. So I was kind of lucky that I established myself as a comedian first before those ads, because I know in my heart and soul that if it was the other way around, it'd be like, guess who's trying to do comedy now? Your man from the spa ads. There would have been that kind of feeling. Do you know what I mean? So I was just kind of lucky with the, for my own confidence. You know what I mean? Like, so, so when I got those ads, do you know, I remember being on Today FM and, because Spire did wonderful work for charity at the time. And uh, so because of that, like they were doing a, a 10K runs 
and all these stuff. So, so that's all Ray Darcy, you know, was all behind that. He loves his running and stuff like that. So because of that, they had me on the show promoting my own comedy. So, uh, so if you look at two comedians, if there's any other, those comedians at the time were just as good as me as comedians. Do you know what I mean? They were as competent as me and they were just as funny. But uh, media always wants to have it, uh, a way in. Who is this person? Why is this person the way he is? So being the face from the Sparrow just gave me that extra push that I needed to, to get on to radio and get on to TV. Now, I was very lucky with the Republic of Telly as well that came after it because uh, if I didn't have those sketches and... Uh, I probably would have been known as ultimately the guy from the spar ad forever, you know? Which, look, it's not a bad complaint. You could be in worse ads. <laughs> could be in worse ads, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, come here, then, so you've got, so you had the spar ad, Republic Telly, um, now the Tommy Tierney show. Yeah, yeah. The, the announcer, so was the college that the announcer? That's Tommy it, yeah. The, the announcer on the, on the Tommy Tiernan show. Now, I, I, was, I was with the Tommy Tiernan show. Uh, that's another thing. I think I'm, I was very lucky with that. Like, Tommy seen me gig in Kilkenny. I, I was gigging with him one uh, at the Kilkenny Cat Laughs Festival. And then he asked me to, his, his Eleanor Tiernan was supporting him, but then she was living in the UK. She couldn't support him. So I was asked to fill in. And the more Eleanor was away, the more I got to support Tommy. And I ended up supporting Tommy Tiernan for two years. Uh, it was amazing. <laughs> it was the best time of my life. I won't deny it. Like, it wouldn't even be, like, because like, we all love Tommy Tiernan and we're all heroes. And uh, I remember, like, when you're on the road and you had the maddest lads coming up to him for pictures and stuff and stuff like that. And I know my heart and soul that I would have been that mad lad, only I'm allowed to be a bit more savvy. I'm working with him. I know him. But if I wasn't, I'd be, I'd be a bigger gobshite than anyone else coming up to him in the town like and so so I was and then like he was telling me about uh, the idea for a show that he wanted to do a show he actually said to he actually said he said it since that uh, when he thought of that idea he was in a hotel room and he thought about doing an, uh, where he interviews guests but he doesn't know who they are until they come out and when he thought about it he just started laughing he had to lie down on his bed he was laughing so much so he put that forward to RTE to FM and we did it live one o'clock shows, uh, Saturday, Sunday, for two weeks as a pilot, where Tommy didn't know who to guess for, live in 2FM. And uh, so I was just lucky, because I'm really, these production meetings, now, <laughs> I'm just sitting in the background, do you know, not keeping my head low, I, like, I'll say something if I have to, but, uh, do you know, I've I, I seen the whole thing take off, and only Tommy would be allowed, Tommy Turner would be allowed to go out live in 2FM and say what he wants, <laughs> yeah. do you know, at one o'clock in the day. Do you know what I mean? Like that's how much he's loved and respected. So, uh, so I'm just kind of, uh, I was just kind of, uh, you know, a very happy person in the background watching on. Like, mm. that's a great show as well. I think, I think the show, the Tommy Turner show, allows it allows comedy to exist where it would be morally right to have it if you if you knew who the guests were. Like for example, uh, I remember when our first our first actor we had on the TV show was Christy Dignam. And Christy walks out, and I know I've met Christy a few times before this myself. I actually did a gig in my joy prison with him, and uh, so I was, I was kind of cool. I said, "Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of cool with Christy. I know him." But he walked out, and he said, the first thing he said to Tommy Tiernan was, uh, "It's always good to come on a comedy show when you're dying of cancer, right?" That's what he said, and the crowd were quite apprehensive and shocked. And Tommy took a beat. He took four seconds, and then he says, "Will you make it to the end of the interview?" <laughs> That's what he says. Will you make it to the end of the show? And everyone laughed. And I just, I just knew this is gold. And only Tommy can do it. Not, not only Tommy can do it. 
There's loads of people around the world, but Tommy's the man who got there first with this idea. And God, he's going to kill it. Because he's got the comedy to be funny, but he's got the intelligence to be, like, as, as social with empathy and, uh, you know, on an intellectual level with the intellects. He's got it all. Yeah. You know, so it's, uh, so it's a great show. That's brilliant. Even you, you can tell there's times where he's like, yeah, I really don't know who this person is. And he's kind of looking at them like kind of yeah, yeah. the space. And he'll come out with the line then and everyone just set her up to Yeah, oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. It's brilliant. So many examples. I remember once we had a, a wonderful psychologist on and uh, he was, and Tommy asked him a serious question. I've never seen such a turn. Uh, it, it always reminds me of Tiger Woods getting the ball in the hole when he was facing away, <laughs> looking up a hill. How do you manage to get it around and still work? Like, he asked the psychologist, and it was an honest question and a valid point. Tommy asked him, why are there so many young people in Ireland taking their own life into consideration? Which is, a, not, not kidding, say, taking their own life, which is the heaviest topic you can think of. A very sad situation. Tommy goes, why are so many young people in Ireland uh, taking their lives? And then the psychologist says, you need to ask my wife that question. And then Tommy says straight away, he goes, is your wife a young man from Ireland? <laughs> it's like, it was absolutely ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like, and people laughed. And I'm like, oh, my word. Now, I might have fucked that joke up a bit. Do you know what I mean? Like, cause, uh, but it was just so in the moment. Yeah. It was just so uh, unplanned and, and wonderful. Yeah, you just so. know that like, he's the type of talk show host that if Ryan Tuberty said that, there'd be uproar in the paper the following day. Maybe, yeah, yeah. But you oh. see, the thing is, if, if it's... If there's no organisation to it, I think there's the uh, there's a bit of leeway yeah. on it. Not not I want an organisation, but if there's no preparation, if yeah. there's no preparation to uh, to do it, it kind of opens up doors uh, that uh, sometimes preparation can be a can be a killer because uh, uh, and it's not even about ego and showbiz, but a lot of presenters have put a lot of work into research, and by God, they want they want you to know that they've researched you by asking the right questions and the right things. Like, for example, I mean, Vogue was on the Tommy Tiernan show. And Vogue didn't know who she was. It was brilliant. He thought she was a hurler. It's the first thing he asked her. Are you a hurler? Like, and, uh, but the beauty about that interview, I thought, was because, uh, like, I love, I, I, I love Vogue. And I think, uh, like, she, she, she's good to chat to. And she's, like, like she, she's, she's really intelligent. But I know sometimes if, uh, if you do a prepared interview with Vogue, it might go down to Brian McFadden Road. Oh, you're in a relationship with Brian McFadden. Or Michael Dan, that when she was in that reality TV show, uh, that, that when they were based in Dublin. Do you remember all that kind of stuff? Which is fine, you know what I mean? Like, or Michael went there talking about being a model in Ireland. But it didn't go near that at all. It didn't, because it opened up other doorways. It opened up other stuff. Because, because Tommy had to fight for it. He had to fight to, to keep the conversation going. Like, it's brilliant. Definitely, yeah. Um, and then, so more, I suppose, recently enough as well. Dance with the Stairs. Yeah, yeah. That would be, was it 2018, 2019 you were? 19. So it was only last 19. Yeah. It kind of, I was only thinking about it there uh, last month that uh, if I did it, because I got to the semi-final of Dance with the Stars, uh, but if I did it last year, or no, sorry, if I did it this year, <laughs> I would have got to the final. Because of COVID-19, they took away the last week and everyone was just automatically in the final, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Because I couldn't, because you know, I thought I was bad until I honestly, and I put my hand up and I was like, I struggled remembering, I'd rhythm and a bit of musicality, but I really struggled remembering my moves and I struggled with the confidence of it. And uh, I thought, you know what I mean? Uh, I thought it wasn't going to get any worse, 
But then I seen Father A. Kelly, and I'm like, oh, lads, he's actually making me look like Michael Flatley. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's all about perspective. The schedule for that. Yeah. There's like the whole train and stuff like that. Is it a two-hour day thing, or is it just constant for the, for the amount? It's as intense as you want to make it. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, that's, what the, that's the way, like your dance teachers, your, 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 your dancing partner will, will push you to an extent, but uh, you really have to want it yourself. Like, you know, previous years as well, you might have people turning up, you know, six hours a week or something like that. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it show, it, for me, like, I guess I didn't do as much work at the start. Like, uh, we all meet up uh, early November. No, actually, sorry late November into December, and then our first one. So we've got four weeks, uh, maybe six weeks before our first show. And I probably didn't do as much work. Do you know what I mean? I kind of, you, you prepare your first two dances because that's what everyone has. You know, you got to, it's the second week when the first person leaves. So, uh, but it's only, now I couldn't believe it. Like I'd, every week I thought it was gone. Every week I thought it was gone. And, and uh, so to get to the semifinal, I, do you know what I mean? I still kind of, uh, uh, have to bite myself. That's what to say. You know, it was because uh, it didn't come easy. I was very lucky that the public were behind me. It really were. The public were behind me because it wasn't coming from the judges. <laughs> it wasn't coming from the judges at all. You know, and there's a lot of uh, perseverance on Julia Dota's side as well. Like she's a wonderful choreographer, and uh, I think she's she's also got a subtle gift about working around my weaknesses as opposed to working around around my strengths. So you wouldn't see it. You know, and uh, so. Brilliant choreographer like that. But like, it was insane. Like one night I did the dance off and I fell and I still got through to the next week. So I was like, you know, I was so grateful. And you couldn't put the nerves, you know, it was an amazing experience, but the nerves, I was sick. And like, I'm a lad who's been doing comedy for 12 years and I'll still never be as nervous as I was doing that. You know, especially towards the quarterfinal, uh, semifinal. Because then, you, you know, you have like a million people watching it. And yeah. that you're watching me jump. I, all, I, all, I used to matter for before about when people are watching you dancing with the stars. Do you remember when you were at a wedding and it's late at night and people are, they're all taking turns dancing in the middle and there's a circle. There's a circle around and everyone's clapping and everyone's taking their turns jumping into the middle. Well, it felt like that. Only the circle around me was Ireland. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, there's a million people watching you, clapping you on, but also waiting for you to fall. And... Uh, so it was so it was so much, but getting through to the next week, you know, I've never, I've never, I've never done, done drugs before, but I imagine like the, the the joy that I had getting through to the next week was like you couldn't put enough fun into me, you couldn't put enough excitement into me that moment. Like it was just oh, it was incredible. But but then it became a drug, you know. It was such a high. Like and then uh, come Monday, you're back at it again, and it is competitive. It's very intense. It's yeah. kind of like the Gwail talk for grown-ups. You're kind of hanging out with people. It is. You're hanging out with people. Like, I was living with Peter Stringer. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Like, you know? like, I don't even, I can't even understand rugby. And then I'd wake up and, and, and there's Peter Stringer having a protein drink beside me. Absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> oh, that's sad. Right, so yeah. you, did you all have to live together? For no. Uh, some people, like Johnny Ward was living in Dublin, and I guess for the people who were, uh, uh, like, the, like a Cleona Hagen, she lived, like, she, she's based up north, or she stayed, they had a place for her. Now, I, got a, I didn't ask for one, because I was living in Trim at the time, so I was happy to, uh, 
you know, just drive up and down. <laughs> it's, not, it's not that I wasn't taking it seriously, but I definitely took the work for granted. But then later on, I said, I need to be up here more. And the driving's exhaust. Like, it's, it's the, 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 the commute's quite tough. So then I started uh, uh, sharing a room with Peter, sharing a house, not, not a room. That's a room we started. I started sharing a house with Peter then, like, so. But I'd be so, I'd be so guilty beside him. Remember the first night, because uh, uh, I, <laughs> I got a chicken wrap in Stony Batter. And, you know, it's all breaded chicken and mayonnaise. And I just feel so guilty beside him eating it going, God, he probably thinks, you know, this is so unhealthy. But obviously he didn't care. Which is the Jackson eat it by yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. If you eat at night time, the calories don't count. <laughs> so to say. And then, so you had, as you said, you had Peter Stringer, Cleona Hagen. Were, was there anybody on it? Like, I know yourself, as you've been saying, you enjoyed it. And it was tough, but you did enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Um, was there anyone that did it? That you could tell they were in it for the win. Oh, Johnny Ward! <laughs> just like incredibly competitive, and like not in a bad way, not to go against you, like you know. But uh, Mairead Farrell as well. She was like uh, she was on it, and I'm not. This isn't like this is. It's an impressive thing. Yeah, uh, like acute focus. Like I was just genuinely, like I was just genuinely happy to be on the show, and I really mean that. I really. Like, I'm always kind of cautious to put my name to anything that's like celebrity or like, you know, or any of those reality shows. But this is the one thing I wanted to do because I knew it would help me. It would help my profile and I'd enjoy it. It would be rewarding. I'd put the work in. And, uh, but yeah, like Johnny was, uh, like Peter String was very disciplined, really disciplined. You really put the work in. He was, <laughs> he was in a separate gym to us. Like you'd never see him until like Saturday or that. Like he was... Uh, but it was very competitive. Every every Friday you'd meet up, uh, we'd all meet up and we'd do our dances for each other. And then you'd get a good inclination about where you stood. And that was hard because you knew, like you'd see, you know, you'd see, you'd see the like of Peter, like practically spinning, uh, saying you like a basketball. <laughs> like I can, I can barely raise my right leg here. You know, it was, uh, it was, uh, so it, was, it's, it's, it is, the, you know, it's great support and everyone's lovely. There's no space for bitchiness. There's none because, uh, it's kind of like, it's like farting in the lift. It's too small. It's too small. You just have to get on with it. Yeah. It's yeah. too small. And it's, it's strange as well, because you know, I became good mates uh, with Dennis Bastic. Do you know, like an All-Ireland Dublin footballer, legend. So it allowed me to become friends with like people like that, or even models, Do you know, uh, like Cleona. That I, it's not that I'd never be friends with, but I wouldn't have had the opportunity to be friends with. Definitely. So it was a great gateway like that, like. And as you said as well, it opened more doors for you because you weren't just you weren't just on telly for people that were watching a comedy show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That they like a bit of dancing, or they're they follow rugby and they're watching Peter Stringer, then they're seeing you. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I didn't have the uh, I didn't have like rugby and Munster. It's a tribe, uh, and 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 Dublin football uh, is a tribe as well. You know what I mean? Like, so, like, he was hitting it heavy on the votes, Dennis, from the get-go. Like, yeah. both of us were the bottom. We were laughing because both of us were always bottom of the board, the two of us, <laughs> every week. Like, we became, we were joking with him. We became bottom of the board buddies. Do you know what I mean? Like, but, uh, but he always got through. Do you know what I mean? Except for one week when it kind of changed for me. Do you know what I mean? It was just so much. I think, I think, looking back, that's how it was. But, uh, but no, absolutely. For me, it was good because I, I was allowed to be funny. I was allowed to show my physicality. Uh, it was a massive, it was a massive platform. It might never come back, so I was very lucky to get it. Yeah. Uh, I, I I applied for it the first year, like the minute, 
remember Joe.ie says, oh, uh, Shane and Will have bought the rights for Dance with the Stars has come to Ireland. And the day I seen that, and I think it was Joe.ie, it could have been entertainment.ie, one of those uh, uh, sites. I emailed my agent going, oh, here, I'd love to do it. Could you put my name forward? And she kind of, the reply was, you want to dance, question mark. Like, as if, you know, and the, I said, no, just, just put me forward, try. So yeah. what happened was she did, she put my name, and it was the year Dance Bishop got it. Uh, it was the first year. Because every year there seemed to be two comedians, two, you know, uh, actors, two radio people, two sports people. They just generally, now it wasn't like that last year, but it just seemed to be before that every year. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, grand. So Des got it, and I forgot the other comedian. So then the next year, I said, put my name forward again, if you can, like. And she did, and I got called in for an interview. Uh, so in my head, <laughs> I was convinced I had it. I really was. I remember, like, earlier on that afternoon, I went in and met the production company, sat, and I had a nice white shirt in me and nice blue jeans, and uh, I was actually dressed up for Kevin McGahern's wedding. Would you believe it? Because uh, I, I was going to the afters of his wedding. So I was dressed up. <laughs> I was looking so slick for this production company, you know, like the, the typical light blue trousers and the brown shoes that every, every uh, you know, mid-30s lad has at a wedding. And uh, so I went in and I met them and it was quite positive. Great. And I drove, I drove from Dublin to Kevin's wedding. And uh, I was, in, I was convinced I had it. I was over the moon. I was so excited. And, uh, and then I didn't get it. I didn't get it for some, and it was, I think Bernard O'Shea got it that year, not putting him in a bracket, but he was the comedian. So, yeah. so it's not that I gave up on it, but I stopped getting excited about it or putting myself under pressure about it. I said, maybe I'm just not, I just don't have the profile for it. And I didn't. If you look at the profile of all the people who are on at my year, uh, I probably had the least, uh, I was probably a surprise to people because no one really knew who I was. And uh, so the third year I said to my agent again, oh yeah, look, just if you send, send an email and the same email went out to got back and says, okay, yeah, they want to do an interview with you again. So I, uh, I went back in. <laughs> now I didn't have the wedding outfit on me a year later. <laughs> was a bit more, I was probably a bit more relaxed with him. Do you know what I mean? A bit more honest about it. Yeah. And then a week after that, do you know Karen Byrne who won it with Jay Carter? Yeah. I had to meet her uh, to do, uh, I had to meet her in a dance studio to see if I could dance or not, just a basic rhythm. And then maybe two days later, I was in, I was in Waterford gigging and uh, uh, I got it. I got the email saying, uh, Ivan says, well done, you have it. And the, the whole joke was for me, I said, it's like the leaving cert, third time lucky. Keep going, keep going, you get it. <laughs> it just took so long. So it's the one thing I always wanted. And I was so happy I got that experience. And like Republic Italy, like those videos, I was lucky that it's catalogued. It's there in the RTE catalogue, you know, that you can always show your kids or grandkids if life is good to me. Definitely. So as you said, um, October the 2nd, is, you're in the TF. Oh, yes, yeah. And please do come along. It's a socially distanced gig. Like, I can only have uh, 100 people in the room. Uh, and that's socially distanced. But... Uh, uh, I probably, uh, it'd be great, it'd be great to see, I was there a year ago, and uh, so it's a new show, it'd be mighty cracked, it'll be support as well, and it's in the TF, and it's in October, sorry, it's in October, so there's plenty of time to get tickets, yeah. so, and you can get tickets on, uh, they're up on ticketmaster.ie, just write my name in, or if you want to go onto my website, which is fredcockcomedian.com, so you'll get them there, so. You want. I'll, have to, I'll have to keep the diary free for that, the football. Yeah, please do. And sure, um, I'll meet you up there then. Fred, thanks a million for joining me on the podcast. We've got a good half an hour, 40 minutes there. Sure, we might get one again sometime in the near future.
And uh, yeah, well, yeah, definitely, one hundred percent, Rian. And thanks so much for having me. Delighted to finally get on it. Like, and I'll stop recording now. And I want to thank everyone for listening.